Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be. I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here. They up in here. They up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign. I'm on my third route. The album just dropped. I'm trying to get the word out. Superhero theme music. Ron Sleep walking, snoring. The less rails for what was recorded. My first stop was Sway in the morning. Was greeted by Heather B. Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV. Now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right Rehearsing, was asked about my upbringing How long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule Was static selector, sure already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo! OMTG Taps, I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. That is true. Um, I want to start this week's episode, um, first of all, by offering our deepest condolences to the family and friends of both Wayne England and Christopher Rush. Um, Both artists passed away, uh, I believe, in the last week. Uh, which is just a real blow to the uh, magic community in terms of, you know, two iconic artists. I mean, Wayne England, uh, I think, is best known for Cryptic Command. He's done more uh, current cards. Uh, but he's done, he's been he's been doing cards for a long time. Um, he's got some... I'm just trying to figure out how far back they go. Uh, Onslaught Block, or I know that's the, yeah Onslaught Block. I don't know if they're any older than that, but he's so he's been an artist for a while um, for Magic, and um, it seems like Onslaught Block is where he started. And then um, Christopher Rush is is one of the most iconic artists in Magic history. Um, did Lightning Bolt, the original art for Lightning Bolt, Black Lotus, um, just among you know many other iconic pieces. Uh, so it's just a big loss and it just really sucks. Uh, I was looking forward to, uh, meeting Christopher Rush and getting one of my revised lightning bolts signed to, to put in a frame. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. It's a real shame and it's a, it's a huge loss. So, um, but, uh, in a lighter note, in looking at the art of Christopher Rush, I found one of the most ridiculous magic cards ever printed. Uh, it's a card called Lim Duel's Paladin from Alliances. I have to read this card because I couldn't believe that this card exists. So Lim Duel's Paladin costs two, a black, and a red. It's a creature, Human Knight. It's an O3 with Trample. Hmm. <laughs> I go. This is this is a YMTG cardsmith card, like so bad. So listen. So this is where. Listen to this. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may discard a card. If you don't, sacrifice Limdul's Paladin and draw a card. 
Whenever Limdul's Paladin becomes blocked, it gets plus six, plus three until end of turn. Whenever Limdul's Paladin attacks and isn't blocked, it assigns no combat damage to defending player this turn, and that player loses four life. <laughs> what? What is this card? Oh. Like, <laughs> that, like, that is, I think there are some cards on MTG cards, on YMTG Cardsmith uh, Tumblr that are better than this card. Oh, yeah, like a robot would, like, by chance, just make something less complicated and therefore better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't even believe this. I was looking, I was like, wait a minute, what? What the what? Just started reading it randomly because I was like, Limdul's Paladin. I remember that card. Was it like I remember the art, you know? And I was like, What does this card do? And I'm like, What does this card do? Like, still after reading it, still don't really know. Holy crap! What a weird card. But anyway, well, uh, I, yeah, I just don't even know. Like, <laughs> how much did they test this? Was this the first draft? It has to be the first draft. <laughs> They're like, whatever. It couldn't have been like plus and, six, plus six until end of turn. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is too powerful. We an O three human knight. Why couldn't it have just been a six six for four that if it's not blocked, it deals no combat damage and that player loses four life. So basically it deals six damage to a creature or four damage to a player. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you could just take that whole clause of it getting plus six, plus three out and just say that it assigns no combat damage to players. Instead, the player loses for life. Uh, I bet there's something cool with like damage on the stack or something with this guy. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. In- it's just an insanely awful, awful card. Um, so uh, anyway... We are, at this point, uh, two weeks away, or less than two weeks away, from Grand Prix Houston. So we've been hesitantly, reluctantly, uh, unfortunately, uh, looking at standard decks to play for the tournament. Uh, Could be worse. Could have to play modern in this current environment. Uh, I'd rather play modern. No way. No way. I don't. Join them. Join them. Ever want to play modern again? Frankly, um, and uh, actually, in fact, Ali Antrazi posted a really funny uh, chart for selecting a modern deck. There was a chart um, a while back. It was why it started in the center. What are these charts called? Decision trees. There you go. You're the nerd. I figure you'd know it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So so it's why do you want to play modern in the center? And it just branches out. And it used to branch out to a whole bunch of different decks. And, you know, you go down to the decision tree and and, and assigns you a deck based on your interests. This chart pretty much is the same thing, only the uh, end result is always Eldrazi or casual. <laughs> and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a damning, uh, um, you know, indictment of the format. But uh, pretty accurate, I think, at this point. I, I, I can't imagine, like, why you would play anything else. 
because it's just the most broken deck in the format. Uh, it just seems like a really unfun environment to be playing in right now, so I'm glad I'm uh, not playing Modern. So They're actually very similar formats. You think so? Uh, they're very warped to the point that there's a deck, and if you're coming to a tournament or constructing a deck without taking the you know the boogeyman aka you know in this case Eldrazi into consideration uh you're at a huge disadvantage sure sure and what do you consider the boogeyman to be in standard uh four color rally sure and i agree yeah. i agree 100% you just show up if you show up and you just have like no plan for that then you're just not even trying to do well at the tournament yeah it's that's yeah that's not fun but it is the reality and that's almost but that's the thing with standard is that standard is not a diverse format, and it shouldn't be. Standard is like three or four really good decks and like a, several okay decks and a bunch of crap. There was a few months there where it was just like anything goes. Mm. Before like before uh, before Oath came out. Yeah, uh, it, actually, it, probably just before uh, Zendikar actually. Yeah, right before rotation, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of it kind of hasn't been that way. Well, that, you know, the more cards you introduce into a format, uh, the more diverse the format's going to be. You would hope, and except for the case of modern right now, um, but like in standard, it's always after the second. Like it's always when the last core set comes out, or the last set comes out before rotation. It always feels like that's when like the floodgates open up, and I guess people just stop caring and start being creative, you know, instead of just playing, you know, what they consider to be the best deck. Yes. So in this case, right now, uh, the monthly boogeyman is rally, and you do have to have a plan for it. I don't even recall if I had a plan for it in the deck I played at FNM on Friday, but that's what we're talking about right now uh we played fnm on friday mm-hmm. and we had two different results your result was very good on the playing standpoint my result was very good on the prize pack standpoint so my deck i don't want to talk about it for too long because it was just actively bad but I had the idea, and I mentioned it on the show, of playing the Black Red Goblins and and going down that path. And I did. I went down that path. I don't regret it because I learned some really important lessons about the deck and about what I want to be playing right now. So I'm just trying to pull the deck out right now. Oh, uh, okay. So basically I played Black Red Goblins, and I went really deep. So I had Goblin Glory Chaser. I had Goblin Pile Driver. I had two Brutal Horde Chiefs in the deck. I ran the full, full playset of Shambling Goblin. That's, uh, that's a new one. I ran four copies of Foul Tongue Shriek. How'd that go for you? Actually, Foul Tongue Shriek was, was pretty solid. Hmm. I boarded it out a couple times, but... It was mostly due to my deck just not being good 
and the strand and the plan not being good, and also because my sideboard plan, including two ministers of pain, by the way, but I never had for the mirror, but I never had to face the mirror. My sideboard plan was to board into red black goblins, or sorry, Dragon. red black dragons. Thank you. Hence the name crouching goblin hidden dragon. Ah, uh, come Boo. on. That's all right. Come on. You've done worse. I have. I've Probably today. Much worse. So, uh, anyway, went 1-2. You know, not a great result. But I learned some important stuff. First of all, what I learned was that I really want to just play the Red Black Dragons deck. Because that was the cool thing, was I got to play this goofy deck, but then I got to side into a deck I was like strongly considering playing for Houston. So I got to get a feel kind of for what that deck operates like, and I really enjoyed playing Thunderbreak Regent into the uh, Colagon so much. So that was a good, positive experience. Secondly, I learned that if you want to play a weenie strategy, overall, in terms of like the, the synergies of the deck... And some of the explosiveness that it could have. Because I also ran two copies of Magmatic Chasm Main. I ran the Stoneforge Masterwork. Two copies of, I think. And so there were some pretty explosive turns. And there were some you know, pretty crazy turns. But what I learned is, especially in this standard, there's a lot of ways to gain life main deck. Siege yeah. Rhino, that's a thing. It's a real thing. I can't remember the other ways my opponents were gaining life. My opponents had several life gain cards, and they were all main deck. What other cards gain life right now? I can't remember. Uh, Wingmate Rock, Soren, a Ration Cleric, if they're main decking that bad boy. No, it wasn't that. Uh, Kalidus, Trader of Get. Kalidus, yep, there, there's one. Yeah, that was in, that was in the main deck. Uh, Jeskai Charm, one of the modes. No, it wasn't that. I can't remember. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, there's a lot of life gain. If you want to play, like, a weenie strategy, you need a Tarka's Command. It's just where it is. You're either going to play a Tarka's Command in this kind of deck, or you're not going to play this kind of deck. It's just where it is. And that's, and that's great, and I'm glad that I learned that. Because that was actually, at first... That, like, I was going to just splash green for the four copies of Atarka's Command, but then I just hated the mana because you know me and trying to run more than two colors. Can't stand them. So I cut the Atarka's Commands and put in Foul Tongue Shriek. That's what I did. And, yeah, not good. Not good at all. And I knew it wasn't going to be great, but I wanted to try out the deck. And, you know, it's about as low risk of an environment to try it out in. So I went for it. I don't regret doing that. Uh, and I think that's an important lesson to learn because the deck, the concept seems cool to me and I still do like the concept, but you need a Tarkus command. You need some way to make sure they cannot gain life or you're going to lose because once they gain five life, three life from Siege Rhino, you're just dead. You're just, you're just screwed. You can't win. So, Anyway, so I played that, but I loved I loved the Red Black Dragons, and I think I'm on Red Black Dragons for Houston. I'm almost certain of that at this point, because it's pretty much too late to turn back. So I'm going to play Red Black Dragons. 
Uh, but anyway, so I went one, two, and I dropped without playing the fourth round because I got the experience I needed from the first three rounds. It was telling to me that it was time to pack it in when in round three, I lost to a black-white allies deck that was running a Cliffside Lookout Expedition Scout. Isn't that the name of the card? Yeah. 2-1 ally. That. Um, Serene Stewart. It was basically like a black-white allies draft deck with Gideons. Hmm. And I lost to it pretty decisively. And I was like, yeah, you know, no offense to that deck, but it was not tier one, you know? And I was like, if I'm losing to this, uh, there's there's no way that I'm going to win against the the t- actual tier one decks. So I just packed it in and, and, and called it a night on that. And I got my one pity pack. And my God, did the pity flow. I got a Nyssa Voice of Zendikar and a Wooded Bastion Expedition in my pity pack. Um, pretty amazing. Can't complain about that. There's there's the feel bads of losing to us to what feels like a draft deck. There is that, regardless of how good or bad you expect your deck to do. But you know, I got I got the experience in that I needed and and felt like I accomplished what I set out to do at FNM, which was talk myself out of playing a crappy deck. Did that great work. Uh, but you actually had a really good experience with a deck that I thought was really cool. I watched a lot of your matches because mine ended so fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so for, was, for better yours, or worse, your matches end very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> right. And yours took forever. So, um, so I actually was able to watch quite a bit of your uh, your playing. So, tell me about your deck that you played because I liked it. Sure. I mean, this is basically the deck I had. Um, I didn't have it put – actually, pretty much did have it actually put together uh, like week one of this format, but just didn't have the guts to take it to uh, the PPTQ. Yeah. And it's basically Abzan Collected Company Elves. So um, uh, the main like engine pieces are four Elvish Visionary, four Dwinnins Elite, uh, four Collected Company uh, – Four Siege Rhino, because it's Abzan. Uh, four Shaman of the Pack. And then uh, four Eldrazi Displacer. So you can just blink your uh, Shaman of the Pack, your Siege Rhino. Uh, if you have to, your Elvish Visionary. Yeah. And then just some filler. Um, I just had a bunch of one-ups just to see if they were any good. Uh, a couple Nissas. Uh, Null Root Trapper, which I actually like as a one-of. It lets, yeah. It lets all your Elves just attack attack into the single blocker with uh, no problem. Uh, I have two Sylvan Messengers, which was a terrible mistake, because uh, I actually, like, after the first game, I drew one, played it, and only hit one elf. Uh, Jeez. And, and then, like, I did a quick count, and I think I only had, like, 24 elves in the entire deck. Huh. 22. So, like, you're not really even favored to make it pay off. Right, right. Because a 2-2 two, two for 4 is not really cutting it. No. Um, so trample, yeah, trample. Um, <laughs> so I side those out game, like after every game one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, hey, see, I mean, it, it, it's a reasonable enough, uh, 
choice to make like building a deck yeah i just I, as soon as i cast i was like oh wait this is terrible like as soon as i was, like, I was holding the deck and like going through my sideboard i'm like this is the math doesn't work at all i thought it'd be right collected company five five and six or something but it's just not right right uh siege rhino is amazing if you cast that card twice you generally win i had uh four leaf guilders okay just because I wanted a way to accelerate into Collected Company, because uh, no one's really doing that right now. No one's really playing acceleration unless they're accelerating to like some turn five play. Yeah, but I mean, Collected Company on turn three feels like the best thing you can do on turn three. How did that work out? Was that great? Uh, when it curved out, yes. Yeah. Um, and because the mana is so crazy, because I'm using all like pain lands because I'm playing with Eldrazi Displacer, so a lot of my lands actually come into play untapped. Yeah. Uh, I was able to, like, either... If I turn two to Leaf Gilder, I could either uh, turn three to Siege Rhino, which, again, people are not ready for, and yeah. next doing in Standard right now. So yeah. turn three Siege Rhino or Collected Company was actually very good. So, yeah, Leaf Gilder wasn't bad, because I, I thought he'd, be, he'd just be kind of like glue, but he was... Like, yeah, he was perfect. He was just, like, perfect little filler... Uh, it it gets you to your turn four play, which is what you want to do in a deck like this. And worst case scenario, it's just a two one that if they have a slow draw, beats down reasonably well. Since and this is just just popped since you uh, were running uh, Sylvan Messenger, is that the name of the card? Yeah. The drop. Yeah. So you're running a four drop that you can't hit off a collected company. Yep. Why don't you just run Thought Not? Yeah, that's way better. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, because I, I liked this deck. Like, I liked watching you play this deck. The deck felt friggin' powerful. Just, just, just upon observation, you always seemed like you were in a position to win, just out of nowhere. And it was really cool to watch. Um, so you might want to consider thought not, and you might want to consider this deck for Houston. Uh, I'm gonna test it a little bit more. Um, yeah. I've been testing some other decks, and I can talk about uh, how this compares to those in just a sec. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it was actually a pretty good deck, and I think with a little tuning, because, yeah, there were some complete duds in there. Um, right. Well, that's what you're going to do at FNM is test the duds. Yeah. Uh, I had a one-of Sylvan Advocate, and that card's just ridiculously good. Oh, yeah, the the, the that's a 2-3, right? Yeah, it's a one in a green for a 2-3 Vigilance, and as long as you have six or more lands, it gets plus two, plus two, and land creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Right. So when you're playing with the, the enemy or the the wedge colors, you get uh, four Shambling Vents and a couple of uh, Hissing Quagmires. Yeah, wow. Pairs really well with that. Wow, that's um, really nice. And, you know, he's an elf. Mm-hmm. So. True. He's got that going for him. What about Nissa? What did you think of that? Uh, I would I would always at least run one of her in this deck. It yeah. was it you you want to get like you definitely want to get your fourth land, so she's great for that. And she's just a little bit of like late game, where it's like a two two that's not terrible. It's it's basically good at oh, the same point in the game. That's right. It's the the origins Nissa. So it's yes. one you can hit off collect a company. That's right. Yeah. I've got the I've got the battle one sitting in front of me, so I'm thinking that's the only one that exists. No. But yeah, okay, that makes a lot yeah, that that actually makes sense. And I remember now 
watching you play that and being like, wow, it's really good. So Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just like it's late game. It's a planeswalker early game. It gets you to the fourth land you need to cast your collected companies. And then it's not so bad to flood too late because then Sylvan Advocate gets really good. Mm-hmm. Right. So seems good. Like every step of the way, it's just glue, and I would have one or two of, of that card. I like that one. Uh, I had Liliana, and she wasn't good at all. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking for places that you can put, you can fit a full set of thought not seers in the deck. That's really what I'm trying to get at here. Sure. Uh, well, I've, I've been, lo- I've been looking for other decks to do that in. Um, yeah. So basically, I ended up going uh, three and one. I beat a mono green landfall deck round one. I lost to four color rally in round two. Um, it was actually reasonably close. Uh, went three games, but. That deck's pretty pretty dumb, and uh, they cast three uh, Reflector Mages against me in Game 3, and that was about it. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was, I was kind of stumbling on land, too, so it was kind of a sad. Round 3, I uh, beat Jeskai Black. Uh, huh. You watched a good part of the... That's the one that went to turns. Yeah. And then round 4, I played Listener of the Show, Ruben. Hi, Ruben. Cool guy. He was playing uh, Blue Red Prowess deck and uh, won there too. So the deck felt like reasonably good. Um, I'm not sure if I would – I wouldn't feel too bad playing it in Houston. I would would probably be doing it for fun though. Like I I don't think I can honestly say this is like a tier one deck. But it's not tier three. Yeah, it's not red black goblins. No, it's 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 definitely like perfectly fine to take to an FNM. Yeah. And you could easily 4-0 with it. It's uh you you're basically getting there on the back of Siege Rhino and Collected Company. Mm-hmm. With you know the off chance of you actually getting there earlier. And uh I, I forgot about the star of the show, Eldrazi Displacer. He was fantastic. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, that's why you know that's why I'm thinking about um Thought Not Seer. Yeah. Because you brought up a really interesting point about Thought Not Seer that I didn't think about. Oh, yeah, because you can basically, on your opponent's draw step, uh, blink your Thought Not Seer. Uh, he'll leave... The, wait, no! Wait, I can't... I'm not sure if you get to draw the card first or not. From his... Oh, leaves the you battle know what? You trigger. might be right. Well, no, well, if they... It blinks... So that leaves the battlefield. The trigger goes on the stack, and then goes back on the battlefield. Do the triggers go on the stack at the same time? No. And then you can choose the order because the ability resolves at the same time. I don't think it is that way. Uh, I'll just build the deck on Moto and play until it happens. Yeah. Because I do have a. Uh, yeah, so I, I've been trying to like find decks to run him in, and I've been testing. I think we mentioned this last week or maybe the week before a like it's just like a white black kind of um, Eldrazi-ish deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically it's got uh, four uh, Nye of the White Orchid, three Master of the Unseen, four Silk Wrap, one Anaphensa Kintree Spirit just because um, since that works, it actually works with Master of the Unseen, the face down creatures. Cause it's mm-hmm. not token. Yeah. Uh, f- yeah, four Night of the White Orchid, four Stasis Snare, uh, four Eldrazi Displacer, and four Thought Knots here. Yeah. And uh, so now that you have, 
you know, the four silk wrap, four stasis snare, and four thought nuts here. You're exiling a lot of stuff, so you get to run four wasteland strangler. Yeah, and nice. then uh, four wingmate rock, which is probably the best thing to blink with this deck. Yeah. And then just a couple Gideons and a Soren to round it out. So nice. yeah, it's actually not bad. Yeah, so Eldrazi Displacer interacts with just about every single creature in that list, especially Wasteland Strangler. That seems pretty good. Yup. <laughs> I haven't tested too much. I've te- I've played two matches with it online and the two man queues and won them both. But I don't I don't know what that means. That doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> right. Uh, but Eldrazi Displacer has been really good, even as like if you're not completely warping your deck around blinking your own stuff. Like it's just it's really good against your opponents. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I saw you in a spot late game where, you know, you could eventually just blink both of your opponent's blockers and just come in, you know? Yeah. Really neat. And it works great, it works great with uh, Collected Company because you can just leave up Collected Company. Yup. <laughs> and then, like, if you have to, you can blink one of their creatures. Um, and then if they just don't do anything, then you just play Collected Company instead. It's so absurd that that card is an instant. Yeah, it kind of is. So I've been testing that. Um, there was a, I'm not sure what it was, like a Mox Finals, I guess. Magic Online Championship Series. Yeah, they had like. Not a Mox, M-O-X. M-O-C-S, sorry. The M-O-C-S, the Magic Online Championship Series. Um, I think it was their finals where basically they have like these preliminary events. And I think if you either win those or top eight, you qualify for the finals. And then if you're just a platinum pro, you get an automatic invite to it. So there is a lot of pretty good players. Um, So Brad Nelson went six Oh in the Swiss playing the Bant company deck, but it was like an updated version of it. It had, um, it trimmed on the Din Protectors, so it went down to three Din Protectors, three Jace, which is kind of crazy. And it had four um, Eldrazi Sky Spawners. That's crazy. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, you just, Flyers are really good right now. Yes. And the acceleration's not insignificant, because, like, you know, if you don't hit your fourth land, you can still cast Collected Company. You can cast... Uh, turn four, you can cast the Sky Spawner into Sylvan Advocate. Just get them both out there. Just use the token. Yeah. Um, and then it was running two Wingmate Rock, which just seems fantastic right now because again, uh, if you flyers are really good, and yeah. it's a really good Mirror Breaker. And it also ran, I want to say two. Oh no, I can't remember what it was called. So they they took kind of like the the, the Megamorph theme and uh, pushed Stratus it a little bit. Dancer. Stratus I'm actually Dancer. looking at the sto- show notes. The first time for everything. Oh, wow. I don't even have those up. <laughs> Str- oh, wow. Yes. Stratus you're Dancer. Stay, you're, staying, you're staying with it pretty good, though. So it's pretty nice. Um, I like that you said that Wingmate is a good window breaker. Window breaker? Did I say that? That's what you wrote. Oh, okay. I was like, did I say that and like just like not realize what I'm saying? Window breaker. Was I editing this on my phone? I don't know. All right. Um, Wingmate was a great window licker. <laughs> window breaker. Yeah, there it is. Anyway, um, and with the uh, four sky spawner, 
if you do have your fourth land, you can accelerate into Wingmate, which seems even better. Swing in the air, and then now you got the acceleration. That deck's really good. I tested that, and that's the one that's felt the best so far, although it loses to ramp. So I'm still I'm still testing, and I, I haven't locked down anything yet. But uh, I do want to try Absan Company, and I want to try something with uh, – Reality Smasher. It seems like that card's just too good not to get played. Yeah, it's a really good card. Although, if you're going against Four Color Rally, they're really good at just gumming up the ground, so that doesn't seem like a great place to be. Uh, so yeah, so I'm actually still undecided for Houston. I'm going to have to do some testing. Yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty much in on Red Black Dragons. Um, I do need to make sure I can get the cards for it. Um, I think that pretty much means I need to pray that you find your deck. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, I don't. I don't need too many cards from it, but I think it's mostly the hanger back walkers. Oh, I've got those. Yeah, okay. those I have, and like a couple other things. I'll have to look and exactly see. I haven't really looked into it much. So. Yeah, and I mean those are like replaceable. Well, I I don't know. I think they're really good, and not to mention the fact that I think they're really good with collateral damage. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's the ultimate dream, is that somebody silk wraps your hangerback walker, and then you collateral damage in response. That's awesome. So many things have to happen. That is, like, the best case scenario for that. But all you need to do is have a hangerback walker and then cast collateral damage. I mean, or even just have it and use a Thopter token to sacrifice or something. It's, 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 It's interesting. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I like the concept. That is the one thing that I think that collateral damage could be best used for, is for making sure that you aren't just sinking mana into a card that gets exiled with Silk Wrap. Because Silk Wrap does just, just kill it. Yeah. And if you get rid of the Silk Wrap, you don't get anything in return. For some reason, I was thinking about, uh, oh gosh, I don't know the name of it. It's the one red, two one. And you can tap it to draw a card, and then your opponent gains control of it? Yes. Like, Humble Defector. Yeah. With collateral damage? Yeah. I like it. Of course I like it. What do you think? Of course I like it. It's awesome. And if you had a bunch of them, and then if Gruel Charm was legal, then boom. <laughs> now, you're, now, you're, now, you're go- now you've gone too far. Good. <laughs> uh, I also tested... Uh, Mardu Green. You like those names. Um, I almost swore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kologon's Command. Just like, I don't know, just playing multiple Goblin Dark Dwellers with Kologon's Command and just grinding out your opponent. Pretty fun. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But we'll see. I want to figure something out. I want to play Eldrazi Displacer. You should. If, it's uh, a very busted card. You should break that card, which I think it's pretty broken. But I think you should play the because you seem very attached to it, and for good reason. It's an amazing card. It's it's uh it's good. I wouldn't say I it's amazing. Should, no, I think it's an amazing card. It has a lot of utility. There's a lot of really powerful stuff that uh, you can use it to blink. You've been dying for a blink effect in standard for as long as I've known you. 
<laughs> and and this is a pretty amazing one. Yeah, they made a reusable one. Mm-hmm. It's good. You could almost uh, do just white green. There's one in uh in the shadows spoilers that we have coming up in a minute that's even better in terms of blinking things. I'm not sure if it's a better card overall, but man, is it an awesome effect and we'll get to that. But I think that because you've just been enjoying this card, you should play the card, you know? There's a deck, there there are plenty of decks you could play that would run a playset of Eldrazi Displacers that you would not feel embarrassed to to sleeve up and, and show up with. Agreed? Agreed. Yeah. So I think play the thing that's going to bring you joy. And, I, and that's what I'm going to do with Red Black Dragons, because I like not feeling helpless, so I'm not going to play the Red Black Goblins deck, because that's not fun to me. Innovating is fun. Mm-hmm. I do like that. But losing is less fun, and especially hurts twice as bad when you're innovating and then lose. So at least if I run a good deck that also playing friggin' dragons in standard is just super nerdy and cool, at least if I lose, I lost because of the games and not because I built a terrible deck. Mm. See that's so, that's where I might be at. No, well if you if you go too deep, you might get there. But go with what you know works. I mean I think that like Siege Rhino, Displacer, Collected Company, that is a rock solid start to a really good deck. Uh yeah, probably. And I think it's just a matter of where do you want to go from there. And, you know, you've got time. You've got plenty of time to figure this out. So, play around with it, man. Yeah. See, that's the problem. So, there's a conflict. Because Siege Rhino, Wingmate Rock with Displacer seems great. But then you can't do Collective Company because then that's too many cards. It's true. So, I'll try. I mean, you could just build some sort of Abzan value deck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which Abzan was good before, you know, but I mean, I think I think it just might be that Collected Company's so broken. It's really that, good that you should probably just be running it, you know. I don't know; it's tough. I, don't 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 go too deep, or, or or bring it back by the time you get to Houston is what I'm saying. And remember, we're going down on the Friday, mm-hmm. so you'll have the chance to play in some LCQs, you know, in terms of like you, you know the buys or whatever. You can play in those just to get a feel for the deck, and if you're still undecided, run one or two different decks through those and see what you like the best, and then sleeve it up for Saturday. Correctamundo. Right on. So cool. So so I think we're both at least, we're going in the right direction in terms of what we want to play for Houston. I think we're we're starting to solidify some ideas, and I think that's... That's good. We need to we need to start finalizing those plans. Uh, I know that you hate that, <laughs> but we do. We need to start finalizing what decks we're going to choose for that tournament and and get them ready. So I mean I know I'm 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 locked at I think into Red Black Dragons because it feels 
feels like the deck that I would want to play, and it feels like it would be good in two weeks. You know, especially with flyers being good. 4-4 four, four, flyer for four is really good. Um, it's a anyway. it's a deck that if, if you just curve out, it's hard to beat. Right. It doesn't seem like that's going to change in the next couple weeks. No. No, it doesn't. So yeah, so that's so there we go. And you're going to do something with Displacer. You'll come around to it. I want to know by the next show what deck you're going to play. Oh, that's not enough time. Yeah, it is. It's plenty of time. It's a whole week. You got plenty of time. Uh, so anyway, we've got some additional that we were graced with. And you actually figured out the story of where these spoilers came from, right? Well, yeah. So the first pack that we 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 but we cracked or the booster so we busted last so week. We 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 uh we virtually cracked a virtual pack last week on the show and of Shadows Over Industry because it was spoiled. What I re- what I realized after reviewing the pack that we uh that we picked from was that this pack had four uncommons, so it, was, it wasn't exactly accurate in terms of you know what a pack would look like because there were four uncommons. I just lost track, frankly, <laughs> and didn't realize what we were what it was. Uh, but it still was it was a pretty good simulation. I actually really enjoyed it as an exercise, you know, regardless of that inaccuracy. Doesn't really matter. Um. But anyway, so so tell me the story of where this pack came from because this is amazing. Yeah, so if you go on Mythic Spoiler, like it links to like eBay, or it says Source eBay, but it turns out it's actually like a Dutch like marketplace or auction site mm-hmm. called uh, Mark Marktplatz.nl, and there's like a Reddit thread talking about it, and then finally someone that was on that Reddit thread just contacted the Dutch dude that had posted it and bought the pack for 20 euros. And then that's how they got like way better pictures of all the cards. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And so then the guy posted on Reddit that bought the pack. He said that the Dutch guy got it from a friend in Spain who works at the wizards factory. Crazy. That is crazy that that made it that far and that that story is actually known you know because a lot of times you see stuff like this pop up and you don't know where the heck it actually came from yeah it's just like but here we have like a direct trace back to the leak which is uh quite interesting yeah some dude that works at a printer in spain has a friend in the netherlands that he leaked a pack to that was put online they're all gonna get banned they're they're absolutely going to Unless they think that story is really cool, which maybe they will. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have a good sense of humor about it. Yeah, they're just going to love it. Oh, man. Well, how ridiculous. Uh, so now we have some more cards that were spoiled. And these are a little less exciting, I feel. But still, there's some spoilers. So we're going to talk about them. They're on Mythic Spoiler. We're going for it. Boom. Um, I'm just going to start reading them uh, because these are we don't we don't have a rare. So there's not enough here to to do uh, crack a pack. I'm still going to pick one. 
Sure. Sounds good. I think it's only two uncommons. I can't tell if there's a third. So, okay. Yeah, okay, sure. Pick one out of these. All right. So we've got Voldaren Duelist. Voldaren Duelist is a red and three. It's a vampire warrior. It's a common. It's a 3-2 haste. And when it enters the battlefield, target creature can't block this turn. I like that. Meh. I like it. I mean, we're talking about limited here, obviously. I like it. I mean, like... You get a lot of cards like this, mm-hmm. but they don't impact like the actual turn that they come down. Like they they block they they make something not be able to block. Yeah, but they don't give you any additional damage. This gives you that effect and gives you three damage, which is awesome. I think that's really good because it's one of those effects where it's like a lot of times when you have that effect, you want to win that turn or at least get very close to it. And this just helps you get that much closer. Um, so I like that. It's yeah, it, it, it goes in one deck an aggressive deck. And it's not even like, this is a finisher where, uh, you can get a really big swing, like active treason or something like that. It's, uh, if you're behind, this is just a terrible rate. And, uh, I just want more of my four drops because right. you can't, you can't run a million four drops. And if yeah, you do, you need to get like a certain amount of impact from them, and this is not – this is only high impact in a very limited range of circumstances. But I feel like just from seeing these cards that this is a pretty aggressive limited environment. Possibly, yeah. I think it is. Um, go ahead and read the next card here. Sure. Uh, Sanguinary Mage? Yeah. It's uh, one in a red for a 1-3 creature vampire wizard with prowess. Mostly vanilla, not impressive. But, you know, prowess showing up and showing up on vampires. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to attack into this. Yeah, true. Unless you have something like Voldaren Duelist. Um, Yeah. Although I don't know if this probably goes in that deck, although this doesn't doesn't attack that well, unless. I don't know. Yeah. Um, your card was so crappy. I'll let you read the next one too. <laughs> sure. Am I going right to left or left to right? Because I already started on the far right. Yeah, right to left. All right. Uh, we're, we're, you figure it's that's the way they're like oldest and newest. So uh, that's what we're trying to do. Pieces of the puzzle. These they have some. Like I know I comment on like how stupid some of the card names are, but I really think this set is going to set a new high water mark for that. <laughs> I agree. Some of these, some of these card names. I mean, the the. Well, I mean, we 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 got our first clue of that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I cut your clue pun out last week, unfortunately. Ah. Uh, are you just like if only we had a clue to help us? Or I don't remember exactly what it was, but I cut it last week just because I was. It just it just because it flowed better, but anyway, unnecessary. So keep reading this. Keep reading All this All right. Reveal the top five cards of your yeah. library. Did you say how much it costs? Two and a blue. Okay. Sorcery. Sorcery. Reveal the top five cards of your library. Put up to two instant and or sorcery cards from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. This is a constructed card and not a limited card. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What was that card called? Murder invest? No, not murder investigation. Please. No. What was the card called from the original Innistrad? This is that same card without flashback. 
Oh, Forbidden Alchemy? Yes! Isn't this like the exact same card, but without the flashback? Let me see. Forbidden Alchemy is a blue and two. It's an instant. Look at the top. Oh, no. this Blue and two, instant. Look at the top four cards of your library. Put one in your hand, the rest in your graveyard. So that was four cards, and it could be any card, and it was instant speed. I think Forbidden, and had flashback, Forbidden Alchemy is a far superior card. Yeah, so uh, in terms of like really stupid names for cards, uh, a brief interlude, if I may, because it's actually on the bottom part of the spoiler. They actually spoiled the flip card checklist card thing. Right. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So they have like all 24 flip cards on here. Yes. And uh, I just want to run down uh, uh, some of the highlights. Harvest <laughs> yeah. is fine. Daring <laughs> Sleuth. Uninvited Guest. And no. I know, kindly, I know. Kindly Stranger. Kindly or is that, Stranger. Or is that Kindly? It's Kindly. <laughs> it's a black card, too, so that'll be interesting. Kindly Stranger. Breakneck Rider. Kindly Stranger. He seems like someone that would have like a soundproof fan. Skin Invasion. Yeah, that one's weird. It's just red. Red for Skin Invasion. It sounds like some weird enchantment. Hermit of the Natter Knolls. <laughs> okay, here's the worst. This is – you can't top it. You can only do as good. Okay. Two and a blue for Uninvited Geist. Oh, it is Geist, isn't it? Uninvited Geist. No, that one's good. That's like a that's a quality one. I like that a lot. <laughs> that's an unhinged card. Really would. This is like this is unhinged too. This is this is what they're doing. They are like secretly releasing the uh the unhinged sequel but just as an actual set and see if anyone notices. Yeah, kindly stranger uninvited geist. Uninvited geist. Come on. Jesus Geist. Oh, here's a town gossip monger. That's real. That this has to be fake. Yeah, now I'm almost calling BS on this one. Those are so bad, like I wouldn't even put that past wizards. This has to be uninvited Geist. It's almost too bad to be fake. <sighs> I have a feeling it's not though. I have a feeling it's Yeah, like if someone's like Hey, Steven, I will shoot you if you get this wrong. Is it fake? And I'll be like, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> the tears streaming from my face. Yup. <laughs> Sweating. Um, speaking of bad card names, I'll read the next card. All right. Crow of Dark Tidings. Hmm. Yeah. All right. A black and two. It's a zombie bird. It's a 2-1 flyer. When it enters the battlefield or dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Pretty neat I like in terms it. of self-mill. There's got to be something going on with that, obviously. Pretty good. Uh, Best I mean, card so know, far. 2-1 flyer. Rock solid. Love it. I'm just going to also mention Magnetic chasm has been reprinted creatures with a flying can't block this turn y'all know what it does great card 
and a great finisher in uh, especially in an aggressive limited environment. So here we go. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the casting cost on Ember Eye Wolf. Um, but I'll just read that one real quick too because I'm on a roll. Ember Eye Wolf is a mystery casting cost. It is a 1-2 haste. And it has 1 and a red. Ember Eye Wolf gets plus 2 plus 0 until end of turn. Cost it. What do you think it costs? Uh, I'm going to cost it at a red and 2. I'm going to say... Like, I want to say red. That's obviously too good. God, no. That's insane. I'm going to say one in a red. Really? Yeah. At common? Yeah. One, two haste for two that you can pump? I don't know, man. I mean, Maybe. much more, and it's just really bad. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking, is that it's probably really bad. Okay, it could just be, like, that's the best they could get away with at common, is one in a red. Yeah, I think it's going to be a red and two. I because I, I don't think it's meant to be that good. Uh, read ni- whatever this card is. Read it. Uh, Niblis of dusk, two and a blue for a two-one creature spirit, flying prowess. It's pr- really that's good. really yeah, that's fantastic. That's really good. That's probably my pick right now. Yeah, two and a blue for a two-one flyer is already like reasonable. So, I mean, that's just really good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they usually, Love it. They, yeah, they usually ding you on power with a prowess creature, but they did not here. No, this is really solid. Uh, Quilled Wolf. Quilled Wolf is one in a green. It's a creature wolf. It's a common. It's a two-two, and it has five in a green. Quilled Wolf gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. And you, you can do that as many times as you want. Yeah, you can, but you're only going to ever have enough mana to do it once. And You can do that three times. You have 18 super, mana. Super meh. So meh. It's not even funny. Um, read the next one. Uh, Shambleback, which kind of sounds like a creature, but it's not. It's black for a sorcery. Exile, target creature card from a graveyard. Put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. You gain two life. So if it was a creature, it would be one word. But it's shamble back. Not shamble back. Oh, all right. Shamble back from the grave. Meaning coming back from the grave. This doesn't seem good at all. No, not really. Not at all. It's like a, yeah, like a 2-2 for one is... Like, you'll play that in Limited, but it's not, like, nearly as good as it is in Constructed. But this needs a creature card in the graveyard, which means there's already been combat, which implies that a 2-2 is now pretty much guaranteed to be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. No. Nope, not at all. Not good at all. Uh, Stitched Mangler. Uh, I don't think this is very good. Stitch Mangler is a blue and two. It's a creature zombie horror. It's a two three. It enters the battlefield tapped, which seems kind of unnecessary for such a low power level card. That's what zombies do? They enter the battlefield tapped. They're they're tired. Kind of. You know they're tired. Yeah, sure. When it enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Oh, what? 
That's good. A second ability is good. But a 2-3 three for 3 that enters the battlefield tap just seems... I mean, that's not good, weak. but... Well, okay, so here's the thing. Like, um, the reason that a creature entering the battlefield tapped is bad is because it can't block the turn it comes into play. But this almost does you one better. It actually yeah. does you one better. Yeah, okay. Because you can use it offensively. And it doesn't matter how big that creature is, it's effectively taking it out of combat for one turn. Right. Which is better than just a, tr- a chump blocker, which is what you would get if it could enter the battlefield untapped. Right, and it, I didn't quite wrap my head around the fact that it doesn't untap either. You know, that's pretty good. It, it's 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 fine. I'm not super jazzed about it. It's not. I don't think I'm picking it over Nivellus of Dust. Oh no way! But it, it's fine. Yeah, I'll play this card. Sure. Uh, read the uh, one of our two uncommons. Sure. Uh, pour over the pages. Three blue blue sorcery. Draw three cards. Untap up to two lands. Then discard a card. Put seven clue tokens onto the battle. <laughs> no, that was uh, uh, no. You, you you draw three cards. Untap up to two lands and discard a card. I mean, I, what? I don't know. The fact that like you can't play it until turn five is weird. I think I feel like I'd almost rather it just cost three mm-hmm. and not have the untap clause. Yeah, so I guess this is like a prowess enabler. It's it's a graveyard enabler. It's a madness enabler. Um, it's a storm enabler. I'm just gonna call yeah. it. They, they're reprinting storm for some unknown <laughs> reason. Well, you know uh, what's really interesting about this, and and mentioning madness enabler especially. So you draw the three cards. You see if you have any madness cards. Then you get to untap two lands. Mm. So so then you can decide if you can cast one of those madness cards that you drew. Then you get to choose to discard a card. So you are you are really enabling madness with this card, which is pretty good. A lot of the madness costs are pretty cheap. That's so, true. So it's pretty interesting, and I actually kind of like it now. Yeah, actually walking through it, I it just had so much text that I like, kind of fell asleep. Right, right. But now I'm like, oh wait, what if I drew like a fiery temper? Right. Uh, the order, the order of the abilities makes a lot more sense when you think about it in terms of this set, which I did not at all. Sure, me neither, not at first. Um, so lightning axe is our other. Um, uncommon. This is also a reprint. This is one red instant. As an additional cost to cast Lightning Axe, discard a card or pay five. (laughs) Lightning Axe deals five damage to target creature. So, you know, that kills most everything in this format, assuming Mm -hmm. based on what we've seen so far there's a lot of aggressive creatures. There's a lot of stuff with low toughness. So this kills almost everything that we've seen. And uh, discarding a card, obviously, isn't a drawback when you've got madness in the set. So that's pretty interesting. Basking Rootwalla, please. <laughs> One time. Let's do this. They're not going to do this. <laughs> but... Uh, wouldn't that be neat? It's not even this in modern. 
That'd be amazing. Is... Wow. Yeah. Oh, please. Mm. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I want it too. <laughs> Did you see the last Pro Tour? Is Basking Root? Is he really going to break things? <laughs> right. Yeah. Put that lizard in the game, Wizards. That's right. Uh, so go ahead and read the last uh, card in our not. Sure. It's a uh, Basking Root Walla. It's green for a stop, one, one creature stop, lizard. Stop. You pay one to green. <laughs> And gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. You can only do that once per turn. He's no quilled wolf, but uh, he's got a madness cost of zero. <laughs> I think that's the pick pick so far. Well, if, if, if it existed in the pack. Read the actual last card that we have. Oh, explosive apparatus. One Way less exciting and also continuing the trend of terrible card names. Yeah, I think they just ran out, they just ran out of names. That's unfortunate because we got a lot left to go. Exploding thing. No, explosive <laughs> apparatus. One colorless for an artifact. Three colorless. No, sorry, not three colors. Three. Three generic. Tap. Actually, I think we could just go back to saying three colorless because I yeah. doubt there's going to be colorless specific mana stuff in this set. Um, True. Yeah, three tap. Sacrifice explosive apparatus. Explosive apparatus deals two damage to a creature or player. Exploding a bob. No thanks. No thank you. It's a good prowess enabler. Not really. Yes. But whatever. Exploding uh, a bob. Yeah. The pick in this pack is lightning axe for me. You really think so? Yeah. It's a good removal and I want to make madness work. Yeah. And this is probably the best Madness Enabler in the set. Yeah, it's pretty good. My pick is Nibbles of Dusk or Lightning Axe. Just to be different from you, I'm going to go with Nibbles of Dusk. Because it's a really good card. It is. It's fantastic. It's good. It flies. It gets big. I enjoy it. I mean, because imagine, like, you cast Nibbles of Dusk, and two turns later, you cast Pour Over the Pages, and then you discard a Fiery Temper to it, and then you swing for four. Yeah, deal three. You're good. Yeah. You're almost halfway there. (laughs) I like it. I like the card a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Nibbles of Dust to be different. Cool. Um, We got actually a couple more spoilers because uh, they spoiled the Blessed versus Cursed dual deck deck lists. So we got a couple new cards from that. And why don't you read the first one because you're going to really enjoy it. Toppelgeist? No. Oh, Eerie Interlude. Yeah. Why, yes. Uh, Two and a white for an instant. Exile any number of target creatures you control. That's just terrible. Yeah, I know. That's it. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. I mean, that's pretty good. There's a lot of stuff you could do with this. Too bad Siege Rhino is going to rotate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, my home. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. But Collected Company isn't. Nope. Is your elf rotating? Oh, yeah. Uh, Origins? No, Origins doesn't rotate, man. Oh, no. Yeah, Origins is sticking around. Origins and dragons are still around. Hmm. So you've got this with your your shaman. Now, that's actually pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of Enter the Battlefield triggers on them elves. Green-white elves or Abzan elves. Two elvish visionaries. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. Pretty insane. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's actually 
it's actually this is actually kind of crazy because what's the weakness of that kind of a deck? And that would be a sweeper. Mm-hmm. Right. And you save the creatures and you get all the triggers. Yeah. This is a really good card. Get it's wrecked. a really, really good card. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, see, I knew you'd love this card. I knew you were gonna freak out when you read this card. <laughs> Little, this, is what I've been, this is what I've been waiting the whole episode for. <laughs> little hamster wheel my brain's turning. Yeah, man. Pretty cool. Pretty freaking cool. Um, I'm going to read the next card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to move on from Eerie Interlude, because I know you're going to think about this card all day. I'm just Nissa getting another land. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nissa's, Nissa's sticking around, too. There you go. Oh, my God. Yep. Wait, no. Shh. Origins. No, shh. Oh, God, what? Goblin Dark Dwellers. Ha, ha, ha. Very good. It casts this. You get it back. You double your pleasure. Wow. But, yeah, but if you're just casting this. With the Goblin Dark Dwellers on the battlefield. Well, I was going to say you got to have, like, multiple copies of this. Because that exiles the spell after you cast it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying if you have the Goblin Dark Dwellers already. Right. You cast this. This goes into the graveyard. He comes back. Right. He casts this. Right, but you have to have other things that enter the battlefield and actually trigger stuff, or you're just blinking one creature twice for no good reason. Oh, I mean, yeah, you gotta like... You gotta, you gotta have it in, in concert with other things that are gonna do stuff. Fine, this is like a three-drop. You curve into Thought Not Seer, Thought Not Seer into Goblin Dark Dwellers. There you go. See, now you're, now you're, now you're using your noodle. All right. <laughs> I want to try to say that to you every episode of this show. I think I want that to be my new catchphrase. Now you're using your noodle. <laughs> yep, it's after midnight. Okay, moving on. Compelling deterrence. Huh? One in a blue. It's an instant. It's an uncommon. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then that player discards a card if you control a zombie. And that doesn't seem bad. The flavor text is the worst. So much for the neighborly hospitality. Well, there's an exclamation point. So I think it's like supposed to be sarcastic. It's like, so much for the neighborly hospitality. No, I know it's supposed to be sarcastic. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so actively bad. It's such... It's so bad. What is this set? Uh, Tooth Collector. Do you want to read Tooth Collector? Um, Does this dude who collects teeth? Sure. Hold on a sec. Ah, yes. Tooth Collector. Two and a black creature, human rogue. He's a 3-2, uncommon. And when Tooth Collector enters the battlefield, target creature in opponent controls gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Delirium. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, target creature that player controls gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So this card can kill tokens, Mm -hmm. but it's mostly just bad. That's interesting. And it does prove that the delirium ability and the cards that we saw previously are actually real. Yep. Most importantly, if there was any doubt left, the fact that delirium has been spoiled as a keyword 
kills that doubt. But I don't like this card. This card's not good. Uh, last card from Shadows. Toppelgeist. 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 One is one white. It's a creature spirit. It's a 1-1 one, one flyer. Also an uncommon. When Toppelgeist enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. And then Delirium. The beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, tap target creature that player controls. That's a pattern, if I've ever seen one. Delirium. Is delir- Do all the other Delirium cards trigger like that on your opponent's upkeep? No, it's just a check. It just checks if there are four or more... Just, I mean, like, just write this out, I guess, if you're going to do that. Although it's on commons, too. This is a weird mechanic. It is. It's pretty weird. Um, this is a decent card. I mean, it's fine. 1-1 one, one flyer for one is is average, but, you know, being able to tap down a creature every turn without having to spend any resources just by meeting a requirement, that's pretty good. I kind of, okay, so I guess I kind of like Delirium in that uh, it's like a it's a mechanic that just requires you to get cards in your graveyard, but doesn't require you to be super linear in that like you can only have black creatures or zombies or you know it 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 lets you run like a balance of cards like instant sorceries creatures lands right and in fact encourages that so that's kind of cool. I think it's neat, and I think that like I said, I think it's going to lead to Tarmogoyf being reprinted in this set. You know, it's really cool. I literally drank a delirium while we were doing this. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Didn't realize it. So the last segment of the show that we originally recorded had to do with the Eternal Masters set that was uh, recently revealed to us by Wizards and prior to that by Reddit. Uh, but with all of this crazy controversy that's been happening over the past couple days about the potential vendor leak and the subsequent uh, lying to vendor leak and the false information, all this crazy, crazy drama going on, uh, we decided to just cut this part of the show and we're going to next week talk exclusively about the Eternal Master set, including the surrounding controversy. Uh, so we're also going to, as I said on the episode prior, we're going to uh, look at the standard classic from the past weekend, and we're going to talk about making our final decisions on the decks we're playing for Houston. So that's the plan next week. I hope you join us. And until then, we are YoMTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start brewing. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one Yeah, yeah, the album's already done Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows Gotta go on a press run Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one Yeah, yeah, the album's already done Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows Gotta go on a press run Yo, the rhyme pays more eyes once I ride through the doors Yo MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Brainlink, Telegraph, and 
via passenger pigeon at pigeoncast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to yomtgtabs at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.